All right, ladies and gentlemen, we will start this thing off in just about one minute. We're just waiting for some folks to dive in. Hope everybody is having a wonderful Friday. A couple quick points. Ray will not be on today. He's wrangling a couple sick kiddos. So uh, keep Ray in your thoughts. Uh, hopefully he'll be back on next week, but he is, he's got a lot of chaos in his house today, so he's out. Um, he did mention to me that last Friday, there was some conversation around uh, investors, right? How do you find good investors? How do you vet a good investor to know that they're actually a good investor? How do you start working with investors? So I thought it would be a great way to just kind of continue that conversation, talk a little bit about investors, um, the pros and cons, how you find them, what to look for, uh, kind of how to feel them out. And get, it's, a, it's a trial and error sometimes. So we'll talk about a little bit of all of that. I'm not going to do a slideshow. We're just going to kind of talk through it. And then if you have questions, drop them in the chat. That's why I'm not doing a slideshow because I want to see the chat so I can answer things in real time. But generally speaking, the, you know, the pros to working with investors are you typically get repeat business if they're a good investor because they're out there proactively buying properties and either turning them over or turning them into rentals, finding new equity, finding new cash, and they're buying more properties. So if you find a good investor that knows what they're doing, actually has a business plan, knows the goals that they have for their business, and you start working well and you build a good relationship with them, that can lead to a consistent, re repeatable business because they're constantly buying investment properties. So it's, it's certainly worth pursuing. I would say that the, uh, the cons to an investor is if you don't vet them well, you can spend a lot of your time um, spinning your wheels and not getting anywhere. And ultimately it, it becomes a loss for you because there are what I'll call investors. And then there are what I will call wannabe investors. And that's not a derogatory thing, but there's simply, there's a lot of people that want to become investors and they're just not yet. They either don't know what they're doing yet. They don't have the capital yet. Um, they don't have the experience that they need to go do their first deal. So they're a little nervous and they never execute. Um, there's a lot of people out there that love the idea of being a real estate investor. And there's not a ton of really good quality real estate investors um, in every single market. And you have to go find them, I guess is what I'm saying. And then the other con to uh, working with an investor. And again, the relationship building side of this helps a lot because they're so numbers focused, right? They're looking for a great deal. A lot of times investors will be the first ones to try to have a conversation with you about lowering your commission. And, and that's something that you just need to have uh, awareness of in advance, have that conversation in advance before you start working with them. So there's no question marks as you start working a transaction and then they ask you for something different. Um, not to say that you should or shouldn't discount your commission, that's entirely up to you. But a lot of times they'll, they'll say something like, well, I plan on buying multiple properties. So can we do two or two and a half percent instead of three, because I'm going to bring you multiple deals. Or they'll say something like, well, I'll let you buy the property. And when I flip it, you can resell it. So let's cut the commission because you're getting two sides of the deal. And so they'll try to negotiate uh, more money in their pocket by saying, well, I'm offering you more business than you would get with a regular client. And therefore you could lower the, the commission and we can both still make money. That's not, that's not technically wrong. You will make more money if you get a good investor. But if the first things they're focused on is how do you cut your commission? There's a whole smorgasbord of other things that you want to have a conversation with about to make sure, you know, they know what they're doing. They're prepared to execute and actually make money together. Um, it's a relationship building process, just like any other client. 
Um, so if you have specific questions about investors, drop them in the chat as I go through this and I'll circle back around. I've kind of just got a list that I wanted to walk through with you as a guy who is an investor myself. I've, the house I'm sitting in is my 14th property in 20 years. Um, I've worked with investors that have bought actual multiple properties for, with me over the course of a year. Um, so I have a little bit of knowledge here. If you guys haven't met Tyler Gibson, um, he's built his entire business in Orlando, working specifically with investors and short-term rentals. rentals. Uh, he's one of our coaches. So dive in and, and network with Tyler as well, because he has a lot of great knowledge on this subject also. Yeah, he's in our agent mafia family. But, uh, but I have a good base of experience here too. Just I've done it for years and I've worked with investors for a long time. So we'll talk about some of the things to look out for as you work this process. The first thing you need to know is uh, working with an investor is a, it's a vetting process first and foremost, because like I said, a lot of people have great intentions and they want to be an investor, but they just don't know what they don't know. They're not ready financially or from a risk basis. Uh, they haven't really thought through the process. They don't have goals laid out. So that's one of the first things you want to do as you're engaging and trying to figure out where do I find an investor? Let's talk about that first, because obviously you can't vet them until you find them. There are lots of different avenues to try to pursue an investor so that you can have a further on conversation with and see if it makes sense to you. One of the most popular online places to find investors is the Bigger Pockets Forum. It's biggerpockets.com. It is the largest investment forum in the world. They have a huge podcast. They have tons of actual investors that are out there making deals happen all the time. They have a marketplace that you can look and see what people are posting as an investment to buy. Uh, they have a lot going on there. So that's a great way to find investors. And then, you know, there's, I'll say yeah, almost like a lead gen situation, right? There's a higher quality of people usually on the bigger pockets forum than just floating out there in the rest of the world. So that's a good start. Another one is get into all of your local area, Facebook groups that are real estate related, investment related, um, yeah, there's a gazillion of them out there, of course. Um, and you'll start finding the ones where there's some consistency of, of the same people dropping deals here and there talking about it. You might occasionally introduce yourself to somebody that turns into an investment partner from that. And then the other one is, this is one where you really want to get out there and, and meet some people. So uh, meetup.com is in, in the United States. I don't know if there's a meetup.ca or if it's just meetup.com. I'm not sure, but um, they will let, people post group meetings, right? And you just say, hey, we meet once a month over at this place for an hour and we talk about this. And it can be anything, crafting, tennis, real estate, finance, it doesn't matter. There's a lot of different groups. Um, as a matter of fact, sometimes in different markets, like here in Gainesville, there is a monthly uh, Bigger Pockets Gainesville meetup. And so that's both. It's Bigger Pockets people, but they also work through the meetup.com to schedule the meetup. Um, the best way to meet those people is just go, right? Go physically to the space once a month, twice a month, whatever they're meeting. Um, shake some hands, have some conversations. What do you do? What do you specialize in? What are you looking for? Um, Rakesh says there is something similar in Canada. Perfect. That's great. Um, anytime you can get face to face with people, that's going to be your best opportunity to establish a good relationship and work with people. So those meetups are great. And you'll meet a lot of different people. So maybe you're, you're trying to get into investing. You might meet a great lender that is focused on investors. You might meet some title reps that know some people. You might meet other realtors, other investors. And so you can build a team of people uh, with like-mindedness and, and similar goals, and you can partner together and you can get some deals moving. So those meetups are great. 
Um, so those are the big ones, right? Facebook groups that are catered towards your market in real estate, meetup.com or other local meetups, BNI chapters if you have one, and then biggerpockets.com. Those are all places that you can take a little time and try to make some good connections with investor-minded people. Now, once you've established, okay, these are some couple people that I might want to talk to more. Maybe this person is looking to be an investor and I could be a realtor for them and we could partner up. Um, you're not done yet, right? Because anyone can go, oh yeah, I'm an investor. I'd love to work with you. You need to do some vetting to make sure that just like any other client, right? Make sure the personality types are similar and it's going to be a good fit to work together. Um, the last thing you want to do is get halfway through a transaction and find out you hate the investor and you don't want to work with them. So that, that vetting process should be done in advance. One of the things that you can do is simply ask that investor, tell me a little bit about your previous deals, right? Ask them for experience on past deals. Do Have they closed any? How'd they go? What type of investment strategy were they using? Um, if some of them, it's a, a really good one, might even keep a small portfolio with some photos of like the befores and afters or, or portfolio of their projects. Biggerpockets.com will actually allow you to put your investment, your investments in your profile. So someone can go to your profile and see all of the properties that you bought and how you bought them and all that good stuff. So um, definitely ask what their experience level is. Um, so that you know, one, are they serious? Are they an actual active investor or are they just trying to get off the ground and they're going to, it might take a little longer to put a deal together. Um, the other part of knowing what their experience is, is knowing what their actual investment goals are, right? Because there are several different investment strategies out there. Are they looking to just buy one multi-unit property and live in it and house hack it? And that's their only strategy for the next three years is just buy something that they can house hack. That's fine. You can still do a deal with that, but you're buying one property and then you might not do any more business with them for several years if that's their goal. Um, are they looking to flip properties? So they want to buy a junker, fix it up and turn it back uh, for profit. That's a different uh, set of strategies. That's a different category of properties than if they're looking to buy turnkey rentals or short term rentals in a specific niche. Like, uh, hey, I only want to buy waterfront properties that I can short-term rental. Right, well, that's a very different property basis than, hey, I want, I want to find something I can flip and resell. And so you need to know what their goals are so that one, does that align with what the, how you like to do business? Is that something that you're going to be interested in pursuing with them? And then two, knowing what their goals are will better allow you to meet those goals and add value uh, because you'll know what they're looking for, you'll know how to find it, and you can start putting some potential deals in front of them to analyze. Um, obviously, review their criteria in advance. Know what their numbers look like. Know what a good deal looks like for them. And that may seem like a no-brainer, but it really isn't. Uh, you may have a guy that says, I'm going to flip houses. Okay, great. Well, if you just go off of the basic rules of thumb that are out there is you're going to say, OK, I got to go find a property that's going to net an ARV of 70 percent uh, minus repairs. So now I know what I want to look for. But this guy may not be so strict on his criteria, for example. And he may say, well, listen, I'll buy something at 80 percent of ARV because I know the market's going up and I'm long term folks. I'm buying long term rentals. I've got some wiggle room here. And so you may just have that conversation with him, you may actually open up a whole nother category of properties you could put in front of him by knowing his criteria is a little bit easier to work with than the average investor rule of thumb. Um, so that's the thing. 
um, as you're vetting him as you're, or her, right? As you're vetting them and you're talking about their goals and their criteria, what do your numbers look like? What are we after here? Um, just like you would do any other client, ask them for a proof of funds or find out who their lender is and have a conversation with their lender. Because while they may not have a specific pre-approval letter generated yet because they're still shopping around, you absolutely need to know that they are qualified, vetted by a lender, and they have the means to purchase something if you find it. Otherwise, just like you would do with a buyer client, you're just wasting your time by showing a bunch of tire kickers properties that they may not be able to buy anyway. Don't do that to yourself. Your time is valuable, so protect it every chance you get. Um, and if they're saying, well, I'm cash, I, I just I only buy them on cash and I flip them, great. Let me see the bank statement. Let me see the letter from your bank. You say you want to buy $300,000 junkers and sell them for $600,000. And you should have a bankroll that allows you to do that. Let me see the money. Um, as, as the old Jerry Maguire movie says, right? Show me the money. So if they can't show you the money in the bank, they're not going to go buy a $300,000 house with cash, right? Yes, they could use hard money lenders. I'm a little bit more of a, um, a hard money lender is still a lender, in my opinion. That's not a cash deal. Some new investors will tell you they're cash investors, but because they have a hard money lender on the side that'll throw the money at them, that's not cash. That's still something that has to be vetted. Um, it still has to be the, the actual hard money lender has to analyze the deal and decide that they're going to fund it. So treat that as a lender and have a conversation with that hard money lender in advance. Make sure that their criteria matches up to what that hard money lenders criteria on lending is so that you're not wasting your time showing this investor properties that they're never going to get funded for. Hope that makes sense, everybody. Um, another one that you'll want to do as you're verifying these people is get online and look them up. Look at their social media presence. Um, are they portraying themselves as an actual professional uh, person, property investor, et cetera? Or is every other thing on their social media uh, it looks like some teenage kids random postings about his hot rod car and, you know, whatever the case um, you, their social tells a lot about who they are as a person and their, and their, their seriousness about making professional choices. And so you can learn a lot by scrolling through somebody's social media page uh, to know whether or not you're going to want to work with them. Or not. And, and not to get super political or anything like that, but you may go to somebody's social media profile and after scrolling through a couple days of their content go, this is not the kind of personality that I typically interact with. Well, that's good to know in advance so that you save them the headache, you save you the headache. If it's not gonna be a good fit for you to work together, professionally say so and move on with your life. Don't try to force a relationship that's not meant to be.